Jen, do you know who you want to trade? Yeah. Well, I tried to pull one over on Jackie Lipinski and tried to get Justin Jefferson from her as if she didn't know mm -hmm. who that was. But I did, I did try to offer her a couple of really good, legit players, but she denied me. So denied. yes, denied. I have not. Like you're a fantasy football professional. So can I'm you tell uh, right now who's like, if you had to call it right now, who has the best team? Do you think? Um, I mean, Jackie has a pretty good team. Mike has a pretty good team. Um, I have a pretty decent team. I mean, I, I'm really not a professional. I just like to pretend that I know what but I'm talking won, about. But you've won, right? I you've won, won once. You have that unicorn trophy right behind yes, you. Yes, I, I won. It's gold. I plated. won once, yes. Yeah. But it's really just it's really just luck. Plus, the way that we do it, guys, is this auto draft. So it's not even like you you just just auto automatically picks your players you don't really have any say in what's going to happen the winners decided with the auto draft sort of yeah well right if you don't like set says, your lineup it says projected standings with mike line in first place so that happens I'm, every year somehow i'm trying to razz even him. though he's the commissioner right yeah yeah, yeah i'm like oh yeah jalen hurts for your quarterback oh, but see okay. here's that... here's what makes me mad is i had to make myself like math again like i i failed the uh, honors pre-calculus and I took it twice and then I never had to take math again. And I was like, I'm never, I chose a different, um, like I was like, I'm going to go bachelor of arts instead of bachelor of science. Cause I'm not taking anything mm -hmm. close to math. And then I had to make myself like math when I became a marketer became important. Yeah. So it drives me nuts. Like I'm going up against Lipinski and it says projected score of 124 and a half for me. Versus uh -huh. 122 and a half for her. Okay. How is it possible that what's going to, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to get 65 and she's going to have 172. It's, I mean, that's just gambling. That's just randomness. Right? They, they're just taking average, you know, projections. But what happens is somebody could get hurt. They might not even play. Right. I mean, like you never know. I just think if we have, you know, AI know. that can take us to Mars and back, can it give us better projections at this? Like, come on, ESPN, get some GPUs fired up and Evan, but there's some the machine human, learning. Human. The human factor. Are reliably unreliable. Human right? factor. But they're all being paid off to like take a fall and stuff anyway, right? Like what? it's it's yeah. all statistically. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, all. La, 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 if la, there la. is no drama in the game, like, no one will watch it. I don't like to think that way. <laughs> It's like people think all the housewife shows are real. Like if there's no drama, there'd be no show. It's all manufactured. Yeah. Just I just with, think it should right? show a range. It should bubble. be like, here's, I don't, I just, I, here's what I, every year I am like, okay, I'll give fantasy another shot. And then after the first two or three weeks of the same thing happening every time where it's like, I should have 180 points and I get 30. Like there's no, no. You just have to make sure that your players don't have a buy. I like, don't, I do. I, it do, never happens the first two, two okay. or three weeks mm -hmm. before I All get right. up. Okay. So that's why I was wondering, besides you and Mike, who is most likely to win? So I can just trade them my best players now. Mm, no, we're not playing victory. that game. We're not doing that. Oh, man. No, See, I just opted sure. out this year because now we have enough we're people not. at Do You Convert. Yeah. Like, you where I don't feel like I'm like, mm, No pressure. No pressure. Because I, I was not adding to it. I would, I would set my thing, but I was just like, oh, there's another person playing. I, I don't watch football. I watched some college football, but professional. 
What day is it on usually? Guys, I went to the Virginia Tech Old Dominion game this past weekend. It was freaking electric. electric. I was pretty sure Old Dominion was going to get pummeled, but they played pretty good. You know, okay. that's my alma mater. I was going to say, that's where you went. That's where nice. I went to school, right? I'm, I'm a diehard fan. I go every every time they're home, home game, I'm there. Um, but when they started playing Inter Sandman at the beginning, I mean, it was like, it, in fact, they when everybody's jumping like that, it registers on the, what's it called, seismogram. I don't know what the type, but it registers as an earthquake. It was crazy. Like I I was like almost, Hmm. I was so overcome with emotion. I I was, I was like, it's not even, I mean, look, I pay Virginia Tech (laughs) a lot of money because my child goes there. So I like either way, whoever won, it was fine. Like, but I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I brought me back to Meredith Oliver's, you know, fanatical selling and like we have to have our customers need to be fans of, yeah. you know, our, our business and our, our brand and our company. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was a thing, man. I was like, I'm all in on these Hokies. So you, you can't replace, you cannot replace humans, I guess is what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not happening this year, but sometime soon i'm gonna have to get my kids to the summit just for like the first 30 minutes and then tell them to leave because i think that's the only atmosphere that would, okay that they understand like oh okay dad you do you do real work outside of just talking to your computer upstairs <laughs> yeah. or they might be like wait so you go on stage and talk for like a couple minutes and all these people give you give you money to listen to you i don't know dad sounds like a scam I feel like that's what. All right, we promise no more sports talk for the rest no of more sports this talk. episode. Let's get started. Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you; we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Welcome to episode 302. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today is Andrew Peake and Jen Barkin. We're here. It's so excited. Jen, are we allowed to announce what's happening? Oh my gosh, what's happening? She the forgot. thing that you're doing. What am I doing? Starts with a P, ends with oddcast. Oh, oh, are you oh kidding? Are we talking about that? No, we're not talking about that yet. But okay, we won't talk about it. I think you just uh, talked about it. Like hey. it's like, what do you? No, we didn't. Hey, we didn't talk about it. Online did. people talking. No. All right, well, Andrew. Man, that's funny. What do you got? Oh, what do I got? Um, this was a fun question, and I talked about it yesterday and this morning. So I'm like, oh, this could be open discussion. Maybe we make it a parallel to the online sales world at the same time. How do you measure a successful ad? Or how do you measure a successful phone call if it doesn't end up with a lead or an appointment? Can it still be successful? It's kind of like a like principle or like theory question. Um, this is like the long essay question at the end of an SAT. I don't know if they still do that or not. It's been quite a few years. So it's sort of open-ended discussion. So I was talking about this with Beth, um, a coach here at Deconvert, and Bryce, a marketing strategist. And it really went down to this rabbit hole of like, oh, you kind of need to be rooted in some type of principles before you decide what is success or not success. Because it could be like, hey, it's really efficient. Was that successful? 
not when you need every single click out there, like maybe that's actually the opposite. It's unsuccessful, or maybe you have a very, very limited budget. So having a really low or very efficient cost per click is success. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's a coming soon community and you need as many leads as you can and you just need to spend as much as you can. It doesn't matter what the cost per lead is because the urgency of more leads is significantly more important than trying to save some of the marketing budget. So I kind of just gave the answer. It really depends. It really depends. I there's no, there's no, no good idea answer. what the right answer is to your question. Yes, you do. It's a hard question. Online salespeople leads. Well, that's, it's well, online that's, salespeople talking. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's I don't know what the right answer is, but I would think it would be a good ad would get leads and appointments and sales. <laughs> yeah. That sounds, sounds <laughs> like, good to me. You know, yeah. If it's a it's, successful, it's, you know, like, other maybe maybe land i i don't know of a longer purchase cycle for most people to deal with than than homes yeah agreed maybe mega yachts or airplanes i don't I'm, but like if you're shopping yeah. for an airplane is that comparable to shopping for a car i don't know like yeah yeah, it's like, yeah mm. boats, boats and car uh boats but there's lots of airplane. personalization like I'm, I'm seeing lots of visualization tools for customizing your own private jet being advertised as like the new way to sell expensive stuff to people i mean uh, housing certainly... is a need though jet mm-hmm. is that really a need well right <laughs> but my point one. is like the number of decisions and trade-offs to consider and you know but it, that, that, that's just what makes it all more complicated and and it's very complicated it's a hard question like it's well it's I think everything it's, a hard it's, it's, it's the question it uh, in advertising but for us it's important to remember that there are multiple parts of the funnel different ads serve different purposes for different customers in different stages you know, you can't, I say, I think about this way. If you think about a, a pie, a pizza, um, and everyone inside of that pie, it doesn't matter if you spend $2 million or $2,000 a month on search. If it's only within that pie, there is always a, a trade-off of like, if you spend all $2 million and the pie doesn't expand, and it's not really a pie, it's a Rubik's cube because it's it's like seven dimensional. But you you can't have yeah. any one tactic that you can just never max out. Yeah. Not, yeah. not just in terms of, I guess what I'm trying to convey is it's not just that the ads will get more expensive, but it will not raise the number of people that it reaches if it's defined by a certain radius or shape or audience already. Right. And so- yeah, we can't really create a market, sort of. Well, yes, but I guess my point is each channel is mm-hmm. by definition, we don't think about it this way, its own market. Like only okay. the yeah. people who are searching can be reached by search marketing. Does that make sense? Yeah. And New there's a whole bunch of people who aren't searching or they're not searching at every moment of their decision-making process. Right. And so- If they're searching, where, you want to capture yeah. them with your- yeah, if they are searching, you want to capture them, <laughs> but you also have to right. realize that every, every, I right. mean, it goes back to Steve Schumacher's joke, which we repeat all the time is if you've got five different things that are viable reasons why someone ends up being a purchaser, they have a realtor, they referred by a friend, they saw you on a social ad, they did a search, they went on an event and then they purchase who gets credit. But it's just the acknowledgement that you have to have that every customer 
becomes a member of multiple channels, advertising channels all the time. And so like there is this well-roundedness that I don't think I understood early in my career that now that everyone's, I mean, it's everyone's, I'm data-driven, data-driven, data-driven. And it's like that curve that I forget its name, Dunning-Kruger effect or whatever. Greater than feelings. Data over feelings. Yeah, data. Yeah, but I would say to your point, um, what's the word you used to start with a P that we need? Um, People? Me? No, we um, need, well, anyway, like what makes a good ad? We need, we need what before? Um, To me, as as context, we need, um, I don't even know. I don't know. Words just come out of my mouth. <laughs> is what usually happens. Struggle lesson. And eventually, need... it, it forms a sentence that makes sense. Um, yeah, but um, anyway, the whole world has gone so over onto the data side that oh, there's yeah, sure. there's a serious lack of well-roundedness uh, principles. in the thinking. Principles. Data, then we have That's principles. the p word that we, we were live looking by for. principles. That's what we need. And, and the need principles them. come from, this was the LinkedIn post I made a little while ago. The principles come from having an ultra deep understanding of what your consumers experiencing and doing and thinking. That's not defined by just asking them, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Cause they'll, they can't, they can't articulate. Um, they do what's called preference falsification where they just say what they feel like they're supposed to say to appear good. Um, and so you have to have that deep understanding to just know like, well, of course they're doing these other things and I don't actually need data to continually prove to me that they're doing that because I'm constantly watching consumers do what they do and interacting with them and talking to them. Um, anyway. Yeah. It's a loaded question. Yeah. We, we talked about it, uh, probably like an hour and a half until yesterday and today. Um, <laughs> Beth and Bryce. Well, not that single question, but it was a series of questions yeah. from a uh, very intelligent builder partner of ours. And it was like, oh, this is actually like, this gets deep. Like you can't, that's not a service level question. It's not like, hey, just check on the click-through rate, the CPC and conversion rate. And there's your answer. Because you could have amazing conversion rate. And I think I said this about leads. my sister on another episode and she doesn't listen anyway, but she's a CMO now at a, at a university. I guess, I mean, sorry, Kristen, but you know, remember all those bad things she did to me when I was a kid, there's there's a payback. She, um, (laughs) she read like a Harvard business review magazine article and then, you know, reached out to me and was like, how do I get my team to do this? Like I read this in an article and it's, it's like, I mean, okay. But I think that's where our principle. So where do principles come from? Your principles either come from just things you like observed from afar or someone else just told you. That's a mm-hmm. terrible way to develop a principle. You can shortcut by getting a coach, right, Jen? My coaches mm-hmm. help you shortcut to the best principles. But right. if you're going to your coach and you're like, hey, I think maybe we should do, you know, squats this way, Andrew, instead of mm-hmm. this other way. Why? I, someone on TikTok said so. Yeah. And you're like, well, I've followers. Like, been in a couple competitions. Like, I, that's, that's not good. Right. So I think that's that's where the friction comes from is people who have strong principles without strong experience of testing those principles. They just decided they were good principles. Like that's yeah. and it's, it's just important for me to articulate, I guess, to everyone listening that our principles don't come from our feelings. Back to your t-shirt, Andrew. Yeah. No our feelings. principles come from the data. 
but the data combined with experience and observation, not just data on its own. Yeah. And then oh. kind of testing against those principles Kevin, reinforces I didn't know the principle. That's the direction this conversation was going about oh, ads, successful ads. <laughs> there we go. But... <laughs> I think moving it towards online sales world is like but... a principle on a phone call. Here's the intent. I mean, oh is my this. gosh. So this this kind of plays into Yeah, let's see. Just, just well, it just plays into you know, the whole coaching and being coachable and wanting to do things the right way. And the, like you said, the experience that like our coaching team at D convert has like thousands upon thousands of hours in the seat, but, but then also coaching and training. I mean, just thousands. I don't even know what the mic is. I mean, the math hun on hundreds of years, I think if you add up the whole yes. team. Yeah. Hundreds of years. And so it's like when we are speaking from like experience and relevance in the market because we work with you know over a couple hundred online sales specialists a month so we know like what's happening in real time it's a few it's like this is yeah like this is we're not this is not just our we're not just like pulling this out of thin air of what we think like this is what we know you know because of what we see on a daily basis so and you got to be coachable you got to be open to listening and learning. And I was actually on a podcast yesterday with the homes for hope, um, oh, yeah. program. Yeah. That's awesome. Drake. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he asked me <clears throat> something came up about coachability and I was like, yeah, you know, as a coach, you can, you can be like, we're totally invested in that online sales specialist. Right. But they have to be invested back in us. We can train, we can coach, we can lead them to the water. We can't make them drink. <laughs> we can't make them do that. They got to be invested back. And um, so, yeah. That's... Well, and I'm gonna get. I mean, you use a spicy emoji, so I'm. I don't. I, I don't know if you've chilled out since the beginning I've of the day, but I'm gonna bring some spice back. Uh oh. I feel spicy. Uh, it's not the right word. I don't want to use that word. Pete, there, there are absolutely managers and senior leaders out there. Mm -hmm. who have zero desire to unpack why things work are working. And that it seems to be my hunch would be my hunch would be Melanie just told me my wife uh, that I should never use that word. Do people not use the word hunch anymore? Hunch. hunch. No. Yeah. I use that hunch. Okay. Hunch. She, she's like, no one uses know. that word. Stop it. Is it like a um, quote ick word? I don't know. Like that, that phrase. Like moist. Yeah, my <laughs> hunch is that they are insecure in their own ability with whatever yes. it is that would be unpacked. Absolutely. And that leads them to be like, nope, don't want to like mm -hmm. results are good. Don't care about, I mean, and I'll give you the tangible example here. Uh, there was a, a builder we were speaking with who it, it looked like the online salesperson was averaging like 30 to 40 leads a month mm -hmm. for the last six months. Okay. And we were on a, a quarterly leadership call. Uh, and our online sales coach working with that person has been talking about things a certain way based upon an understanding of that lead volume. By the way, that lead volume is given by the OSC in the reporting that we use. It comes from the CRM, but mm -hmm. OSCs always have the availability to, you right. know, make sure the numbers are accurate and consistent. So we're on with leadership and the leadership, uh, sales manager, VP of sales and marketing is like, 
Oh, no, 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 no. That OSC gets like way more than that. We're talking like 100 plus more leads a month than what that is showing. But it's in this other system that doesn't talk to our CRM. And uh, and I was like, well, that's why for about, an issue. I don't know, two years, we've recommended to stop using that thing. Mm-hmm. And the answer, the answer came back was, but it's working really well for us. Like, how do you know? How do you because, know? How because do you your, know? <laughs> your online salesperson doesn't know, apparently, because they don't, they don't count mm-hmm. those things. Uh, there's no tracking of, of how those people are followed up with. And what it boils down to is this is someone who's highly uncomfortable with the use of technology themselves. Mm-hmm. Someone somewhere told them or whatever, like this is a good thing to use and things are going fine enough, but that's a, just a, that's a huge blind spot that is going to cause massive panic at some point that could be avoided if you just there care more a- about how you, how, how you got to that end result. There is definitely a, you know, listen, online sales contribution is still high. I mean, 45 to 50% still of sales are coming from this program, but there's still this disconnect of the resources, the support, the time spent understanding, learning the tools, the systems, the reporting for this role. And so there's a lot of like, just wild wild west happening out there with some of the online sales specialists because there's you know management is not is not getting in there and taking the time to understand it's it's like you said kevin maybe a lack of understanding or technology but there's also bandwidth issues too feel like everybody is spread so thin and when push comes to shove we need sales to keep everything running, right? So I'm going to take my efforts and focus on the the sale, the end of the funnel here. But really, we're not going to get sales unless we have appointments. <laughs> and yeah. if we don't have yeah. appointments, you know, we got to manage. So it's it's really this shift of perspective that needs to happen. I was talking with somebody earlier today that there's still there's still broken parts of the CRM. There's still broken parts of you know, how the leads are managed and things like that. And it's like, Hey, we've been talking about this for like a year. It's still broken. Like, isn't that funny? Like CRMs as a broader topic, I feel like, you know, there was a time where it was like, are you using Outlook Express or Outlook or like, what's your email client? I've, I haven't heard maybe once in the last two years, someone talk about complexity email. or questions around email and how to right. use their own email client. Right. Mm-hmm. Why the heck aren't CRMs <laughs> the same way? It's 2023. It's 2023. It's, that would it's, stress me out. Like I, one lead lost or one lead that you lose. I'm like, that could be X amount of profit for one sale of a home that they just ignore them oh, to someone else. And again, and that's just like, oh. This, this, that makes this same feel builder, we're on the call and I'm looking through their CRM system and there were months at a time where not a single prospect was ever entered into the CRM by the onsite sales team. That's like, like a million. Four dollars. months in a row, not a single lead. <laughs> that could have been like, that's like, I, I get weird. I'm like, we could, it's like, they could have just dollars. like paid Millions someone else, paid the whole company to go vacation. I mean, 
anywhere they dollars want. of lost like, revenue or miss miss yeah or you know just looking at even i mean we could go on and on about this oh, i mean no, just no. looking at like you know average appointment to sale number right now is 21 percent. that's a that's that's strong you know 21 percent, right average walk-in traffic conversion is historically like 10 to 12 percent right and so we go okay we're still 21 percent like one out of five keep appointments are gonna write a contract but we're still not focusing on bettering the handoff or you know making sure that this connection with on-site and online is at the forefront of our training and our our discussions i did some math um this episode is all about math. I did some math with the builder the other day where they're right, right now they're at 11% conversion of appointment to sale. And I'm like, if you did these four steps and you were able to increase your conversion to 21%, that's an additional $19 million of revenue. Yeah. Sales revenue, 19 million, million. which equated to like an additional, because we did this math in front of the sales team. That's an additional 400 and something thousand dollars in commission or whatever. That's like being left on the table. And it's like when you put it in that perspective, it's like, whoa, you yeah. know, like just do, you know, like these. And again, this goes back to what we were just talking about. Like, we're not just coming up with like, yeah, we think you should do it this way. Like, we know this works. We have the data to support it. We have the conversion metrics to show that this is what the averages are. Okay, one just more do thing. These four things. One more thing. Let's just say, just for fun. Okay. Because no one else is listening. <laughs> they, that left. Your, they left. That your yeah. lead to appointment ratio yeah. is currently 18%. Mm-hmm. And, our, and our average benchmark currently is where? 40. Roughly. 40. Okay. Lead to appointment. Lead to appointment. Yeah. My favorite is when the person who has an 18% lead to appointment currently Mm -hmm. is again, the one suggesting that they have found a better way. (laughs) I think so. I mean, and and this is where, this is where our approaches differ because we're all different humans that do convert as I'm kind of like, I mean, I'm going to explain to you why there's that that's a bad idea. But you don't, I would say to everyone, like, you don't pay me enough to make your decision for you. So, I mean, try it for a week or two, but not longer because you can't afford to go to five. Like 18 is bad enough. Let's get you to 35 with mm-hmm. these proven things, right? First, okay. Yeah, yeah no, I just say uh, don't do that. You have a story, Jen, about <laughs> vet school application, I think. Oh, man, I feel like you go back to school? this is just, you listen, my, no, you know, I did apply to vet school. I don't know if you guys knew that. I did at one time want to be a veterinarian. Send a telegram, my I think. Life. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't get in. There's only 30 vet schools in the world. Ohio State is one of the best, I hear. Basically. Yes. They're good so at a lot of things. My daughter is in her senior year at Virginia Tech and is going through the vet school application process right now. Nice. She's applying to like, I think, 15 schools out of the 30. Ohio oh wait, State yeah, is isn't she going to live here or something? If, I, if she, I said, yeah. if you, if you get into Ohio state, you can go to Kevin's for dinner. He'll, you know, he'll take care of him. Yeah, and every Wednesday Wednesday night. Night. Every Saturday. You. Yeah. They'll feed you. Make sure you're okay. Um, 
but as she's going through this, you know, she's super stressed out. She's having to like go back through the last 10 years of her life basically. And think about all these things and, you know, these prompts, it's like, what's the defining moment of when you wanted to be a veterinarian, right? So she's having to go through this. And I said, these questions are terrible. Well, and listen, the vet schools, they only accept like, it's like the hardest, one of the hardest things to get into. They only accept like a hundred out of thousands and thousands of applications. Wow. So I'm like, you've got to do something in this essay to make, like to stand out. Like the first sentence has got to be some catchy thing, you know, and, but it made me think about a couple of different things. So one, if you are thinking about applying to the nationals, you should, because it's a great way to go through and like, you go back into the archives and you just document all of this awesome stuff that you've done Mm -hmm. in your career and you put it on paper. And if you're thinking about doing it, you should go for it. But also um, make sure you tell the, tell a story. That is what is going to help you stand out in all of those applications that come in. So tell a story, be specific, how you overcame something, whatever. Um, but also it made me think about like, when we're communicating with our customers and we're sending follow-up and we're sending and we're leaving phone messages and we're communicating, like you gotta, you gotta spice it up a little bit. Like you gotta be personal. You gotta, you gotta put something in the subject line that's going to break through the clutter. It's going to make you stand out um, instead of, you know, touching base, checking in, how's it going? Um, You know, because people's inboxes are inundated. Like they just get so many, you know, especially if, if they're looking at your builder, they're looking at 10 other builders that are all sending emails that are all sitting newsletters. We all, you know, doing all the things we hope, we hope, we think, who knows, but (laughs) you've got us, you've got to break through the digital pollution, right. And cut through the clutter. So Good. Good luck to Mia, little Mia. She's good luck. Her you applications are due September eighteenth. So fifteen put, of them too. Put, I'd yeah. be paying yeah. someone to do that. I think. Yeah, yeah. That's if anybody would like to donate to the Mia application fund, plus you've got to like pay like a gazillion dollars for all of these mm-hmm. different like, applications. Yeah. So I'm really excited for. Her. So put out some good positive vibes. To the universe. Yes, to the universe. Does she have what's her favorite animal? Is it dogs? Yes. She's actually doing this research study on cows right now. So she gets to go hang out with cows and draw blood and do like feed. She had to like climb up on this big like green machine and like feed them. And I don't know. She's she likes horses too. She's done some stuff with the horses, but Mainly small animals. Not yeah. a horse fan. Human kryptonite. Those things. Are. You're not a horse fan. What? No, they, they kill people kill with you. one kick. Yeah, it's not safe. Not a safe animal. Oh, they're so beautiful. Mm. What about like the miniature horses? Those are fun. <laughs> Little tiny. Maybe. Ones. Yeah. Yeah, like. Is this Tennessee like? Walking would you horses. rather be fight one giant, hundred foot horse or one hundred one foot, tiny horses? <laughs> Just like mm. running around. Little baby horses. Little Sorry, everyone. Horses. I'm in okay. some kind of strange 
Strange mood here. On to the news. Multiverse. This is Earth 4. Hey, online sales specialist, your Do You Convert coach, Jen Barkin here. Are you looking for guidance, structure, and proven methods to help you set more appointments and create more sales? Then join online sales coach, Jesse Suggs, and myself. We are offering an intense two-day virtual training experience, followed by eight weeks of training and coaching through our online sales academy this fall. Jesse and I have been in your shoes, and we teach from our direct experience and years of coaching online sales specialists just like you. This will be hands-on and real world. No theory here. If you're interested, don't miss this incredible opportunity. Reserve your spot today by visiting doyouconvert.com. Oh, man. Uh, first up from dnyuz.com. What's that stand for? I need to know. The oh. news. Oh, the news. Ah, it's like, uh, okay. It's so two syllables. It has questionable, but this one wasn't behind a paywall. Value. So we're, Thanks. we're using the link. Um, and it's first monopoly trial of modern internet era. The U S sets its sights on Google. So for those of you old enough to remember, I think the last big monopoly trial breakup that happened was AT and T that was then split up into seven different regional uh, companies in 1984, the article says, but effectively, uh, the United States government is saying that uh, Google is preventing any new opportunity for search to occur. Google basically does what in, uh, Facebook did back in the day. It was like any popular social app will just go out and buy them. I mean, if you got to spend a billion dollars, you got to spend a billion dollars to get Instagram, but it just prevents anyone from getting to the point where they could be a rival. And the charge here is that they're doing that with search and what's going to be. So one, it's a big deal. The other thing is it's hard for monopolies. Monopolies are not illegal. Monopolies that harm consumers are illegal. And Andrew, uh, Android is, was one really smart move by Google of saying, we're going to make an operating system that's basically free. I mean, the catch is it has Google search built in as the default option, but it's hard to prove monopoly. Like consumers don't pay for ads on Google. Consumers don't pay for Google sheets for Google docs. <laughs> they don't it's pay free. for it. Like that's, you're, you're getting a lot of, you know, in quotes free because there's trade -offs. resources. Yeah. But you're getting a lot of, of resources as a consumer that you don't directly pay for. Um, but they're going after it. And I think it's, it's not, um, what, how do I want to say this? It's just a distraction, but it's a really big distraction because this is like very low percentage chance. But if it does, like you could just imagine working at Google in the senior leadership and you're like, we should be working on AI and we should be making this better and this better and YouTube and oh crap, we got to do this. They're like, we got Mitch McConnell freezing out over here telling us what we're, how we should run the business. Um, I, I agree. It seems Do you like think Google is a monopoly. Um, I think they're monopoly in that they own they own search. Like you Google something, it's the verb. It's what you do. Verb. It's what you do. Um, I think they're trying to prove right that they do things that were like the competitive nature. Well, of course they did. They wanted to get rid of the competition. So there's times where I'm like, I don't make any sense. This I can't stand this type of thing. 
But then I'm like, we kind of need more regulation over here and like zero regulation on stuff like this. So it's, I feel like, you know, like there's contradictions there with government involvement and business and stuff like that. But this, I'm like, come on, like, this is so dumb. Like everyone that I don't is like it. on this thing against Google uses Google likely for their search engine. They're not on Ask Jeeves or, or MSN.com or Bing. They're using Google to do it. So, and there's a reason it's still the better product and they, they kind of prove that if, even if they did all these, I think that's where the, their case is, is probably, even if we did not do these things, people would still use Google. They're not using Bing. They're not switching to another search platform at all. They're going to people use don't Bing. use Bing anymore. Yeah, they don't. They don't have points. You could get you could search stuff on Bing. You points. Bing. They try to pay you. Yeah, you get a pretty little you pictures. Get coupons or whatever. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, this is just one one builder in Texas as an example. But year to date, they have three hundred and thirty thousand unique sessions from Google search. Mm-hmm. And they have 13,000 from Bing, yeah, 4,000 from Yahoo, 2,000 from DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. And those are Duck, the people, Duck. the tinfoil hats with the DuckDuckGo. So yeah, like look at the conversions there. Like, well, those are the crazy ones. So you don't want those people. So uh, next up from Google oh. itself, uh, <laughs> new sustainability tools help businesses and cities map environmental oh. information. This is, um, taking again, interesting one to me because Zillow's kind of led the charge of adding all this additional information around property, um, you know, like safety scores. And I think they also, they do have, it was started by Brad Edmund, I forget the name of the company, um, where they give like a climate score rating. Mm-hmm. Um, but now this is being built into Google Maps platform. They're gonna let you see um, solar energy potential so it'll cool. identify roofs and talk about the amount of information that uh, likelihood that it will produce a certain amount of power, air quality information, and common allergens. Um, mm. And so everyone who has a Google map built into their site, you'll, you would, in, in essence, if you thought this was important enough, be able to op- offer a toggle on your own site or experience um, with access to this same information. I think it's pretty cool. The solar one is a little bit interesting because our, you know, our electricity rates here are expensive. We have a moderately larger home, 3,300 feet. Um, so we, and I'm home all day. So there's no saving of power during the day by turning the AC down. And we run the AC mm-hmm. 20, you know, 365 days out of the year for the most part. So we've considered solar. So project sunroof in our home is newer. Like for some reason, like our house is not in there yet, which is really bizarre. So I'd imagine even like a brand new home is obviously not going to be in there. But being that we have no trees because they tore everything down to make it easier and more efficient to develop. We have some trees growing, but I'm like, man, solar is like ripe for most new home builds, especially in the South. Like I I think we did do a a private survey with our property at one point and like the amount of power we can produce is insane. So I think that's like, oh, that could be, that could be a really cool selling tool to go new home Mm -hmm. construction. It's yeah. more efficient. Oh, and then now you have solar. The ROI on that, the payback is extremely quick because like yeah, the efficiency of it for a new home compared to an existing home, an older established neighborhood would be there. So it'd be nice if they, I, I would imagine as it gets used more often, the how it refreshes the map and, and how that would be a little bit quicker. Um, yeah, just fast forward like yeah. two, three, five years from now. They're pretty cool, all the I, tools we have. 
I don't have the exact number, but whoever originally shared this article in my social network also included a stat that I, I re remember it was either close to 50% or like 60% of people who were surveyed had considered at least one environmental factor as part of their search for a home. I imagine both of you living near water mm -hmm, uh, yeah. in Virginia Beach and, and near Tampa. Mm -hmm. That like that's a but even in Ohio, like you you can't build homes in a certain level of a floodplain. Let's say a hundred year flood, I think, is you just can't build in here. So it's kind of surprising in one sense that that number sounded like a good number to use as a stat. Because I would think like a hundred percent of people are considering yeah. like position of the sun, amount of shade. Yeah. It seems it seems like people who, you know, still quote like did you know that 94.9% of people use the internet to shop for a house? And they're like, stop, we stop talking about this. That's everyone who's, you know, <laughs> like everyone. Why are we 5%. doing this? Um, yeah. But like, of course the environment's a big, like yeah. that's what location is. It's all those things wrapped up together. But I, I mean, do, do, you, do you remember doing like a specific thing that you were um, for me, definitely with hurricane evacuate, like we just had a hurricane what a week ago that passed by us. Um, mm -hmm. so we still had, um, you know, we're zones, I think it's probably the same where you are in, it's like A, B, C, D, and then X non-evacuatable. Mm -hmm. So like A is like you're on the beach or you're a mobile home, the trailer home, manufactured home, yep. essentially wind, wind and water, and then B and then we're C, but we're actually like B and a half. Like our kitchen is a B. The rest of the house is a C for whatever hmm. reason. So we, we stick with C. We're like, okay, if that gets wet over there, it's fine. Yeah, but we're I'm still only like, thir we're 13. You're eight. Yeah, you're gone. Um, you're sinking. I'm underwater. You're underwater. So we're like 13 <laughs> feet above sea level. sea level. You're below. below See, you're level. like a bull. Seriously. You're like, you're normal. Norfolk is, is, um. You have tunnels. Sinking. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're. I still yeah. bought a house in the AE flood zone. And I knew that. So oh, well. I, this, <laughs> I'm not a good. <laughs> Jen's gone. Well, but you still, Florida I mean, State. if it was bad enough, I still paid attention. Like, yeah. yeah. If you need flood insurance, is, if you don't, like, that's yeah, a huge factor. Flood insurance required. It's just a good thing that, to me, it goes in the category of if this plays to your advantage, you should be talking about it. If you're a builder oh, in sure. Albuquerque, New Mexico, yeah, or Southern California, or the center of, of California, and you mm -hmm. are, have now the ability, availability to show the potential of solar usage on uh on a home like you you should be you should be talking about that mm -hmm. definitely yeah all right next up from cnbc.com we're going to start with the scary and then get to someone trying to offer a solution mortgage demand drops to a 27 year low as interest rates pull back the average contract interest rate for 30-year fixed mortgages was of $726,000 or less, decreased to 7.2% from 7.3%. Applications for a mortgage to purchase a home fell 2% and were 28% lower than the same week one year ago. So affordability matters, huh? Who would have thought? Ah, hmm. Who would have thunk it? Well, good thing there's some really smart builders that are offering some buy-down mortgages and right. they could show 5.45 or any number less than seven is really attractive. Um, yeah, rates sure. are, I mean, again, I think it's catching people off guard and I don't want to go into full economics lesson, but what's happening right now is that the government has to sell 
so many more treasuries to fund the government that investors are demanding a higher rate of return. And so again, mm-hmm. people just keep getting confused. It's worth, at this point, it's it, it's kind of like, again, it's, it's uh, September of 2023. Interest rates have been kind of a big deal for a while now. So if, when I say interest rate, treasury bonds, treasury bills, 10 year, and you're like, whatever, just shut up and move on to the next topic. You should go watch a couple of YouTube videos. Well, I'll, I'll give um, yeah. some That's links really in the show notes. To, but like you have, at some point you have to be like, huh, I guess this is a big deal. You, you don't have to understand it to solve it. You have, again, you can't empathize with your customers. I was going to say, you can't, you can't communicate, you can't educate, <laughs> you cannot build trust if you're not making any content about this at all because you're scared of it. Like, mm-hmm. just, you know, so people are like, I don't understand. We didn't raise interest rates or interest rates only went up by X when the Fed did. Well, the Fed's not the only factor here, you know, and, and so rates are still sliding higher and the government's going to need more money for a while. So, I mean, I think you would say Kevin and Jen interest rates is the, I'm trying to think of the right word to phrase it at principle. That's a strong word. I think we all can feel that word, what it means like interest rates. That is the single biggest factor right now above all everything else. Like you could have a purple house with backwards doors and windows upside down, sideways, all this stuff. And the interest rate is right on that single home. Somehow who cares? That thing is selling, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it overrides the most amazing campaign, the most amazing website, the most amazing content. Yeah location all that stuff is the rate right now um shoot we had a home just list in our neighborhood and um, it's one that's like closest to our our size home and i'm like oh what's that thing listed for and it's like seven something and then i see the zest not the zestimate the zillows i've heard they call their their mortgage calculator i'm like oh gosh i'm like that's a whole different type of person income job life wise compared to mm-hmm. say myself i mean when we got in at this house now we're at 2.9 <laughs> i'm like that's a whole different ball game as All far you as have like to do, that Andrew, person. is ask your parents for money i don't know if you saw that barbara corcoran <laughs> video so barbara corcoran has she's had a couple of these viral <laughs> comments i don't i don't know if she just doesn't have anything going on with her real life and she's PR making form. Form. statements that are compelling but the first one was of course like if rates go go down prices will go up so you better buy now and it's like okay that we just want to look at one way that could happen Mm -hmm. it also could be that rates go down because the economy is terrible and people then have to sell their house and then there's more supply then demand and then prices go down so either one could happen but now she's come out and she's just her it was one of these like dude bro podcasts about like how to get rich quick She's like, you just got to get into real estate. And like, if you can't afford it, no big deal. Just ask your parents for the money. Like the boomers have money, just get their money. And so then she's just getting trolled get the boomer so man. hard by people who are screenshotting that. And they're like, you know, in their clearly not rich surroundings. And these yeah. are like teenagers even. They're like, yeah, thanks, Barbara. I'll definitely just ask my parents for, you know, a couple million to buy that apartment in Manhattan. Yeah. That I, hey mom, I, you know, like, <laughs> I can imagine just, the, the reactions funny. on that would be hilarious. Well, that's, you that's... know, just despite this, right? It's not like you know you can easily slip into this like doom, like oh my gosh, this sucks, right? But when we look at 
I mean, I just talked to a builders like we had our best month. August was mm -hmm. our best month and mm -hmm. ever, you know, not their best yeah, August. Like, it was yeah, their best month, best month ever. ever. And, you know, conversion rates are still really strong, even more so than they were first quarter. Like, yeah. So it's like, yes, it's there and it's harder, but there's still a lot of positives happening. There's still, there's still way it. more pot there. Yeah. There are actually okay. way more positives than there right. are negatives. I'm telling Agreed. you, I would rather have rates where they are or higher than mm -hmm. I would like to have the same number of existing homes available on the market today as there were in 2018. If that happens, I'm telling you, it's not that that is bad. I will trade right. a whole bunch of other things before I will take an extra couple million homes. You're on, saying on, because on. you're saying because the existing yeah. inventory is so low. That's yes. why it's so good for us. Yeah. The only common factor, not not the only, the main common factor that unites mm -hmm. individual markets that are struggling right now where builders are not hitting or exceeding their goals is where existing home supply, get this, has returned to like normal, normal levels. Ish, this, it's yeah. not like homes are sitting around forever, but they're like, this is the same month supply that was like considered healthy is violently unhealthy now because, because why? Because if you get the same healthy supply mm -hmm. as is normal and demand is still down here, that's not good. Like you. Yeah. And so anything that reduces supply, and this is why people get into housing conspiracies of like builders don't want to build like people truly think this is hilarious. They think home builders are like Louis Vuitton in their thinking of like, you know what we'll do? Here's what we'll do, Jen. We'll just, we'll build homes a little bit slower or we'll make them a little less available just to protect the prices of our homes. Right. Mm -hmm. They've never met uh, DR Horton. They've never met LGI. <laughs> no. Century community. Like some of these builders that just focus on volume, like uh, they, it's hilarious. But your point is, again, Andrew, 100% correct. We would not be in this house now. When rates went down to three and a half and then kept going lower, I was like, Melanie, I mean, we owned this property since 2015 that we built on. And we had a loan still that we were paying off on the land, but the loan on land was like seven and a half percent raw land. Mm -hmm. And I said, you realize that if we build a house that's basically the same size as the house we're in now on the seven acres versus a three quarter acre, we will have a lower payment than what we are paying right now, paying the land and like this free house. money, basically. Yeah. She was like, yeah. shut the front door, Kevin. Are you serious? Is this right. real interest that's rates? Basically Imagine. what she said, like, well, then why are I we not doing this? I don't know that we'll ever <laughs> see that low. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if we ever want to see that low, but that's, that's, that's conspiracy. And that's what I wish more people would just honestly talk about. If it went back to that, I mean, guess what would happen? Like there's, there is my friend, Rob Hahn uh, says that, you know, there's just the D's or the five D's or four D's. And we added a fifth, I, I think, but deaths, diamonds, diapers, divorce. divorce and displacement, like physical. Those are the reasons people move. Yeah. Those reasons haven't stopped. Right. Yeah. What has stopped is the availability to easily move around right. and, and transact. Right. And so that means that I think it's very likely that when rates do go down, there's going to be a whole bunch of people, just like the, the race was on, people realized that they were still going to make money during the fact that half of the world was shut down. The race was on to buy things and do things and get things.
I think there's a whole bunch of people who the minute rates get below mm-hmm. five oh. are like, oh, this is our chance. This we got yeah, to sell it. this house. Yeah. We made the dumbest decision ever to move to yeah. you know, nowhere, Vermont and work remotely and try to raise yeah. yak wool on the side. We need to get yeah. back home to Chicago yeah. and they're going to put their house up 100%. for sale. And that is, I'm just telling you, whatever keeps inventory low is what I'm in favor of for our industry now as a human being and wanting people to be able to have access to housing i think it's terrible absolutely terrible yeah. but it it is and what makes the market work right now i think there's a lot of people that regret not doing something with the massive amount of equity they have so they're like this this might be right. like who knows what's gonna happen like this is our chance we have half a million dollar or whatever number two three four hundred thousand in equity I'm gonna, I want to do something with it. I want to move. So there's all there's a lot of reasons, I guess. Yeah. Now you we're can't really touch that equity because well, we you're going to get still it. A lot of people look expensive coming to, to websites and looking and lots of right. traffic. That's true. That's true. You know, people are yeah. looking. People love new homes. It's yeah. just they're waiting. But to the rescue, maybe <laughs> to the rescue to the rescue, maybe um, like a rocket is one plus by Rocket Mortgage, a one percent down payment option. Andrew, you found this. I did find this. I was actually, so we refied with Rocket. Um, I logged in. Um, we refied like 2020, 2021, whatever, whenever it was. And then I saw this as like an ad. So I'm like, ooh, they got me. They got me enough to share this with, with the team. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And I just read the fine details. So it, it essentially, it is targeting um, its first-time buyers or if it's, you're a repeat buyer. But you do have to fit certain income requirements. They give you, you could put down 1%. That's all they're asking for, 1% down payment. They'll give a 2% grant as part of that down payment. So now you're at three. Um, and you could only give up to 3%. So there's max down payment is 5%. So they're making sure that like, okay, they, they'll make more money with less down payment. They have more principal to have interest of t- attached to. But then there's no PMI on it mm. as well. So that's really interesting. But then the credit requirements to looking at this, I'm not a mortgage broker. I'm not a finance person, but you're like, okay, 620 or better. That's pretty low. I feel like for like what yeah. seems in my brain, like this seems to be like a higher risk product or, you know, Beth on her team is like, this feels really familiar to a VA loan in terms of requirements. Like it's, it's just kind of what the VA offers um, for military, but there are, you know, there's the, every word means something. I'm not uh, educated enough in this as far as like what does qualified income mean versus income um, on it. But it seems like it is targeting kind of like the middle-ish um, class income levels and that kind of like in between number. We're a lot, probably a lot of people that are very great renters. They pay on time. They have no issue with that. Yet they're stuck. They're kind of like, I can't get a down payment. I can't get a down payment. Houses keep going up. Interest rates are higher. I want to get out of renting. This seems to be the perfect thing for them. So yeah, my niece, this seems like cool a product. great product for it. And it's not, it's not just, um, I, I'm almost positive. This is a government, um, or Fannie and Freddie have kind of somehow this has been devised and rocket does always a really good job of packaging things up, uh, they do. easily and yeah. simply for mm-hmm. people, but I'm pretty sure this option exists for, um, from, from a lot of different sources, but my niece is, I think she's 24. She's made good money for a couple of years. She's lived with her, her mom she's uh, getting married and she's like, I really want to buy a house, but I can only afford to put down or I only want to put down X, even though she has more money. She just doesn't want to yeah. put it all. You want to put house. all. Yeah. You want to have backup. Yeah. You're like, cool. Which mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. 
you think that'd be like rewarded somehow maybe it is like less down payment well, not like by you, banks because they I know that's more risk. risk for them it is risk but it uh, another thing i think a takeaway on this too is if you read it i think most builders um, i'll be a meaning for a second any incentives they're usually not great at explaining them on their website intentional not intentional to me i think clear is kind the more direct you are with it, the better conversions you'll have. So I don't know if there's any like, hey, just leave a little bit of info out. People want to call. Well, that's not good because then it causes you to get or confuse people. Like, hey, I'm trying to read this thing. You know, online salesperson like, well, they didn't tell me either. So I don't really know. I don't really know. So I think <laughs> I read have this. An incentive. What? You know, what are you talking about? I think it's it's like 90% clear. And at the bottom, there's some like, we're like, well, that number doesn't make sense. You're talking about 6,000 there, but that's not referenced anywhere else. Little details I think might not be the best. Andrew, but it's we don't just like written. the word incentive. Okay. We You're don't like, like incentive. What home do we like? buying options. Home buying options. Like new home buying options. Okay. Home buying. <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell if you're messing with me or not because options <laughs> feels like a really weird word. Really? Oh, we should talk about that. Options versus incentives. <laughs> and do a did y'all watch um the story on Netflix? I'm really distracting this right now, but it's about words, choosing words. It's about when Oxycontin content was created and they did a group, what's a focus group on naming the drug. Oh, geez. They're like, what does morphine mean to you? They're like cancer, death, my grandmother passing. What does this word mean to you? Oh, headache. What does this word mean to you? Oxycontin. Uh, breathing like oxygen. And it was all positive words. And they're sitting there and you're like, oh, well, this is terrible. Yeah. Like if you, if you watch and you're personally affected by it, you're well, listen, like, language sitting there makes like, a, I mean, so language makes a big the difference. Word, yeah, like, listen, we've gotten something. rid of the word appointment. If somebody is like thinking like, are blowing my mind. I'm stuck in nerd corner. We, I don't even know what's happening anymore. No, we, we we're like, don't even say appointment because that means that's transactional. In the last market, Stressful. it meant like, if you get an appointment, appointment, like you're, you're going to go to contract basically. What word do we like? So like, like we don't even say that. We what say discovery tour, discovery, discovery tour. tour, community visit. If there's visit. somebody who's really like, okay. I don't know, like, hey, how about let's just switch up with an informational session to get you started. Like, I hope they're not like so like an appointment. <laughs> I feel like I'm Jerry Seinfeld no, right but now. Like the, but like softening we, that verbiage and not. like you know, it anyway, makes, I don't yeah, know how we got sense. No, it's good. Uh, I, language is. My grandma yeah, all lived, means something. Well, she's still alive. She's 104. So there might That's be something crazy. to this, but her and my grandfather used to take vitamin O, Andrew. That sounds made up too. <laughs> and uh, it like had oxygen in it. And and I like, I was, I don't know, five at the time. Oh, I see it. Okay, but I was still o. like, I'm pretty sure you can't put oxygen into powder form and shove it inside of a capsule. Like it's just hydrogen. I think, and I think they're probably no, the way water. that the, the jokers got away with it is they're like, well, you're breathing, you're, you know, you're breathing while you're taking it. So what you're taking it? in. Oh my gosh. What does it say? Andrew? I found it. Just like, I, well, I oh, found really? the Amazon thing, which is terrible. <laughs> it's it's still like around? a white, and, Get it's like a here. white and blue bottle. Um, vitamin O, vitamin O ingredients, ingredients. I don't even... Yeah. Well, my father-in-law also sells total shyster thing. He sells salt water. It's a cure-all. He's from West Virginia. Go figure. Okay, okay. And um, then my mom used to take Queen Bee Royal Honey. It was it was special honey in gel tabs that only came from Queen Bees because Queen Bees have some. I'm <laughs> just like, 
Why do we all want to live forever? Oh, wait, I guess how did that sense say? I'm quality over quantity. I don't know. I, Here for maybe, a fun maybe time, as not marketers, a long time. We should all just be paying way more attention to cosmetics and vitamin companies. Yeah, we could. maybe we should all vitamin just lie more. Uh, you know, that's, just make up I more mean, stuff. It's kidding. Let's make it because up. we have plenty to talk about that's interesting to them that we don't have to make any. And we have discovery all. tours. We could tell them about this <laughs> informational <laughs> thing. It's, I like that. I don't know. Do you like this, Kevin, or do you hate this, Kevin? This, this Kevin could never appear on another episode again. If just, just How much let us coffee know. have you had today? Maybe not, is it too much or not enough? No, I think I think I just knowing that this is my last thing of today, and I get to. <laughs> Did you, so every Thursday for the month of September, I think it's month of September, uh, Starbucks is doing buy one, get one fall drinks after 12 o'clock. Oh, Starbucks fantastic. Oh, they, should be, family they should be on. sponsoring me right Fun. now. So I, I went and got one before. Look at oh. this little thing. Doesn't it look so little? I don't, I'm not a big dude. I'm like five, eight, but doesn't this cup look so dainty? Like with my, that's a tall, uh, but it's well, the pumpkin cream cold brew. People always think this stuff is contrived and made up, but I, I will add a Starbucks card in all access. Yes. Um, that you all can scan. And they Jen, better you know post a picture there? using it. Not, I'm, just kidding. Uh-huh. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You better use um, it. Um, all right, let's move on to to our favorites or things we hate. Either either one. Oh gosh. What are your favorite shows, books, uh, things you've watched? I'm gonna give away one of my secret favorite thing i like you know i i share a lot but then i'm always like "Ooh, that person's got really good stuff i can't share it with anyone but i will i will share it today you want to start andrew yeah you talk about west virginia so we were recommended <laughs> oh i'm not recommending this i'm just west virginia you're, 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 you're wonderful people my wife's from home, west virginia obviously country so. roads shenandoah river right it's yeah. a great place um so there's this documentary um I think Johnny Johnny Knoxville made it. Some, someone oh, from, geez. right? But it's the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia. Just watch it on Amazon. It, it seems like it's a, a high school project someone made in oh, iMovie. Oh, gosh. And it's about this family, the I'm whites, scared. and West Virginia, and Boone County. Boone County, West Virginia. And it's just a train wreck of, I mean, you don't watch it and f- try to figure out who the father is of any of these children. I think it's one person, the great grandfather or the grandfather. It's it's the craziest thing, but it's about this family that's they're all related, interbred. So it's 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 insane. I'm like, what are we watching right now? But someone recommended it to us, so sure enough, we watched it. I'm not advising to watch it or to not watch it, but if you need something that's a change of <laughs> pace, you always favorite. do this with your like. Hey, I've watch seen this thing. You don't need to be. You don't need to justify your favorite. Yeah, you're very hesitant. Like, in this your is definitely not. A fa- I mean, this is about a ancestral family that's inbred. Oh, it's what a is weird. this? Are you are you favoring favorite? I don't know. This is just wild. It or hating it. It's it's interesting. Yeah, what is it? We finished the whole thing. If that says anything, so we didn't turn it off. I've heard people left. It was like, like the train wreck. Movie, you had movies. to keep watching. It was a train wreck. You're like, wow, this is real. Oh. Kevin reminded me when he said West Virginia. <laughs> so, and my my boom mic, but the boom my boom arm that I got the new one, it's oh. perfect. It doesn't move. The other one's oh, on the good. ground. I need to throw it away. So nice. twenty bucks. It works. I just needed it to lock in place, versus have this tension, which would be perfect. But it just stays where I put it because it's a simpler design. So. Sometimes the better, the more expensive option isn't the best one. So that's it. 
So Jen, did we stall my favorite, yeah. my favorite thing right now is got to be that college football is back. Just coming off of my weekend at Tech and my Monarchs are back. I love college football. So I do too. I don't have as much time anymore to watch it, but I still remember with fondness. I forget what I forget the exact year. I think it was before we had kids. It must have been before we had kids. But I watched college game day every Saturday for the entire season and every Ohio State game. You guys sometimes go. Why don't you go to second... the Ohio State games? What was that? Why don't you go to the Ohio State games? Um, well, there's like 110,000 people there. Yeah. And tickets are kind of expensive, and I have a lot of people. And mm -hmm. honestly, it's not a good environment to take like a nine and 10 year old kid to I did take him to one last year it started sleeting and snowing mm. and they begged to leave in the middle of the third quarter yeah. uh, <laughs> I usually take like one or two people to to a game but it's not honestly it's if I could go and watch the very beginning like you're talking about like watching yeah. the best damn band yeah. in the land come out or do script Ohio and the crowd cheering like that's the best yeah that's the I best guess part. that means I'm not actually a football person yeah. but mm. you know like I can't stand watching high school football. We go to the high school football games. I can't stand it. Yeah. It's the least interesting sport in the world to watch. I think it's yeah. At times college is better. Cause you're higher up. You get perspective, whatever, but yeah. Yeah. Although um, I feel we, we watch, but I'm not sure how I feel about the, um, what's the, the NIL, um, some of the players making stupid money. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, I don't, even I don't though like they're, oh, you're they, talking they're making about like, the... they're getting endorsement deals and it's, mm -hmm. it's legit now. Yeah, even though I'm like I'm they earn that. that, they have this stuff. It just yeah. makes me feel like so that guy's making some stupid money on the on the field, and the, these other 12, 11, whatever, like or not, I don't know. No, the Ohio State quarterback last year bought like everyone on the team. It was either like a five hundred or a thousand dollar gift card, and told them all to get nicer clothes to wear during the walk that they do. From like he's like, you all oh. need to not be slobs. Like go go get some nice clothes. So that's nice, but I also feel like, <laughs> oh, look at you. You can like, afford it. Yeah, oh, let exactly. it, let it oh like, Mr. Go get I'd be like, I'm clothes. not wearing those clothes because I resent yeah. you a little bit. Is that envy or jealousy? I don't know. That's I don't care. know what it is, but if you want to send me a gift card, anyone listening, you're welcome to. I'm not too good for it. I'll take I a mean, gift card. You need like a thousand for like an Ohio State game, food, all that. Tickets. Evan, right. You're going okay. to need to get a new suit for the summit. <laughs> There's not time for that, like, is there? No, I'm kidding. Allowed. I'm kidding, that, oh, but no, I'm just that, saying now, like now you've just I'm gonna spiral. I'm gonna do a I'm gonna oh, do no. a full on spiral now because <laughs> like I only see you all in person if we're lucky twice a year. I don't yeah. mean you you do you convert I mean anyone yeah. who I ever see in person twice People. more than twice a year. Yeah. So I'm like I mean, I'm sure you do remember what I wore last time, but also <laughs> there's pictures. I don't grow anymore. I'm not I mean and they're expensive. Millie, I mean, like Millie's on me for like my jeans, but she has no, she doesn't really care about suits or sport coats. I do get a lot of compliments on my hooded sport coat thing. Have you seen that yet, Jen? No, what is that? That's my favorite. Hold sport. on. Uh, sorry, Olivia, you're gonna have to edit this. Hooded sport, sport coats. Coat, so sport coats are expensive. Have you bought a a, a male? I'm, I don't know if a female I jacket is just as much. A, yeah, they're pricey. Well, probably not as expensive as yours, but I just bought. Uh, or Sam had to get a new suit. Yeah. And I was like, damn. You're like, okay. Wow. Yeah. So, um, okay. I don't know the brand. Sorry. Let's see if we can find it. Okay. 
This is a this is a jacket. Oh no, this can't it's, count. Um, this oh. is a Alberto it... Zimni. Oh, it is jacket. a sport coat. Okay, it's a sport coat with a hood, and um, whatever that's... these are called. Yeah, the the hood can be okay. unzipped. That's great. It has like two oh, layers. Oh, so you can of, take the hood off. You can zip it and button it, or you can just button it or just zip it. It looks like it's got like three layers kind of built into it. That's your favorite thing. It's really good. I get, I mean, hmm. I know I, I ask yeah, people, especially strangers, because they don't know me. I'm like, are you just being nice or do you really like this? <laughs> but I, they, you know, are you I still fun feel me? a little awkward. Like, no, that's awesome. I got to get one of those for my husband or whoever. I'm like, okay, cool. So yeah, check that out. No, that's my real cool. favorite uh, link is in the show notes is Kyla Scranton on YouTube. Um, this is a younger lady um, who talks a lot about um, economics and human behavior. I don't, I mean, she got, she, she got famous via TikTok. I haven't watched her TikToks. Um, and she, so she does some weird things, but this is a talk called how individualism changed the economy. And mm. what I like about it is it talks about how this idea was started in the United States um, around the time period of uh, in between World War One and World War Two. We got to get people to buy more stuff. How do we get people to want to buy more stuff? And just some of the crazy things that ended up happening as a result of it, like two, three different people really formed this idea of using psychological um, weak spots in our brain to get us to want things. And the kind of the icing on the cake for me is it leads into how uh, Guatemala, where we spend a lot of time as a family um, doing humanitarian work, like we caused the civil war because, you know, kind of like we were talking about with words, uh, the United, the United States fruit company, I think, or the, whatever, some fruit company that owned all the land in, in Guatemala, they were going to lose it. And, and, and so they positioned through, through the use of words and said, well, the communists, which in the sixties, it was all like, oh my gosh, the communists are everywhere. You know, we're scared of, of Russia and mm -hmm. communists. So they just called uh, these people who wanted to give workers in the fields a little plot of land if they worked long enough. They're like, you should be able to get a place to build a house. And they called them communists. So then we started a war that split up a country. And it's just, you know, they had like 30 years of civil war and a bunch of people got butchered because the guy decided, hey, you know what? We could shift everyone's opinion of this if we just use a different word. Mm -hmm. so, Full circle, words are important. Words yeah. are yeah, a word. Change up your language. Yeah, watch your mouth, young young man. <laughs> but it's mouth. one of those things that I, I'm watching, and my family walks around the corner, and they're like, "What are you?" And they just like slowly okay. walk out, hoping I don't <laughs> notice they're there. Like we don't want to sit down and watch this, Dad. But oh. I enjoy it. Oh man! What All right, uh, that'll do it for this week. I'll do it. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Actually. No, at the summit. No, one more, one more, okay. one more, and then we'll see you at the summit. Oh, final, final, all in plug. If you are all access, if you're in all access, and you go to the event, so we have basically just under 400 people coming to this year's uh, summit, and I think there's I don't know 40, 50 people who have RSVP'd in all access. If you RSVP that you're going in there, 
I'm going to run a separate contest with a separate prize. So you just got to go push a button and say, I'm coming. You'll be able to see mm. everyone else who's coming. You can talk to them there. We've got the Summit app coming out shortly, but go in there and check that out. And you might get invited for a happy hour in, in Dallas somewhere. Mm. I like it. Just for, just for nice. special people. Okay, I was gonna say not the one after the the first. No, you don't day know about this. One. You got to go in all access. This is special one, Andrew, mm, and then you might right. get invited. <laughs> all right, I everyone. Do. We'll see you next hope week. I get to go. <laughs> see y'all. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Market Proof Marketing. Can't wait for the next one. Or looking to connect with other new home marketers? Become a member of our private community, DYC All Access, which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.doyouconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peake, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof.